Okay, praise the Lord. Everybody say, Lord, bless Brother Moore as he comes tonight. I'm you ready for the word of God. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Lord, bless you tonight. It's good to see all of the house of the Lord tonight to come and worship none other but Jesus Christ. And what a presence of the Lord we have felt in this house tonight. Amen. On this Wednesday night, and no doubt somebody's been touched and uplifted, encouraged. And I know I have. Amen. With what I felt here tonight. And God bless you. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, I'd like to turn back to Titus again. I'm going to use the same three verses, but I'm not going to really go from them. Amen. Tonight. We've done that last Wednesday night. And I'm going to try to focus maybe a little bit more on the youth and not the parents as much tonight, but we'll see. I want to obey God for sure, and uh, there's no way we can do this without God's help. Amen. Titus 2 and 6 says, Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Now, we are living in the time where I'd say being sober-minded is, is far and few. Okay? And that's not just to the youth. Amen. So there's so many things we're allowing us not to be sober-minded. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, and doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. What a testimony that would be. That no one would have nothing that they could really say evil of you. My, now that's walking in the spirit. That's being led of God. Amen. That's, that's being very wise with your words and actions at all times. Praise God. You know, man, that'd be something with it. God, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We're thankful for all that's in this house tonight to come to worship you in this place. As you are the one that will atone us, deliver us, and set us free. It's your name that we have taken upon. It's your spirit that we have received. And it's your, your course and your calling and election that we want to fulfill. As we ask you to help us here tonight to preach your word, to, to walk on the Holy Ghost. Give you the honor and the praise for what you've done and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. It is good to see our visitors. God bless you for coming, being in service with us. Sister Carol, it's always good to see you come, be in church with us. God bless her. Brother Eli, God bless him. Amen. To come also. Man told us he's going to start being with us every Wednesday night that he could. So praise God to come to be a part of this. And Brother Henry and them, amen, they want to come be with us since they have church on Tuesday night. They're coming to be with us on Wednesday night. So thank God for those that want to gather in. Amen. To worship with us. And, hey, we want to be a blessing to them. We want to be a help to them. It's one body and amen. So God knows what he is doing in this world at time. And um, so let's just see where this is going to take us tonight. I am going to go back over a few scriptures. I want to go back into Ecclesiastes and uh, focus as, as much as we can on the youth tonight. And I know maybe they're not all here. And that we understand that happens. But uh, uh, the responsibility of our youth and uh, that youth age, amen. And I know sometimes when we say youth, we sometimes put that age from 12 to 
I'm not sure the upper part of it, 38, 40, 42. It depends on who you're talking to. There's probably some about 58 or 68 that would love to be considered youth sometimes. But anyway, there is a, a bracket there that we feel like is a part of that. And, but I, I do feel, uh, a, a, for a lack of a better word, being propelled, amen, in the last little while toward our youth and our children. Now, this has been going on for a year or so, especially to see them filled with the Holy Ghost and get this plan of salvation into their hearts and their minds and their spirit. How many of you have ever been to a kindergarten graduation? What do you see happen a lot of times at those kindergarten graduations? They bring those kids out there and they bring a card out with them. And on that card, there's written what they desire to be a lot of times. That ranges from a policeman, a lawyer, a nurse, a teacher, a doctor, a man, occasionally maybe a welder, things of this nature, amen. So at a very early age, they begin to maybe ask them and see what their dreams or hopes are to be. And uh, you know what? You don't really see that after that. Now, they might. I don't know. But it would probably be a good thing if they would take that card and give it to them and tell them, now, this is your goal. This is your dream. And we're going to try our best to equip you, amen, to acquire and to accomplish this dream. Because as a kindergarten, or a man now, even earlier ages, four, a man, I guess you could say almost, at the age that they're going to school, and, you know, they're not very tall, they're just little bitty fellers and girls, and, and, but yet they, they begin to question them and ask them what they have a passion and a dream to be. I was almost tempted to bring some cards in here tonight, pass it out to our youth, and just see what your dreams was in the kingdom of God. Or if you had even took thought to that at, at an early age. Sometimes we have a tendency to, when it comes to church and comes to the house of God. That we seem to lay some of those things aside. And, and, and really, you know, when does it really start? But let me ask you something. When is the age of accountability? I don't think nobody can give me a clear answer of that tonight. But yet we do know that it starts at a pretty early age of those that's raised in truth and hears the word of God and encouraged and rightly they ought to be a man of right and wrong. And we begin to train them up because that's what Solomon in his writings encouraged us to do is train up our children. We're encouraged by Paul's writings to raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the father. A man not to provoke them. And I believe that provoking a lot of times would provoke them into living lifestyles or getting caught up or so involved into other things and things that may draw and pull at us that would rob us of, of the real reason of who we are and what we are. And so when you go to Ecclesiastes and you look and especially at that Ecclesiastes 12 and 1, the Bible there, amen, and even though this is from Solomon, as some would say in his backslid, and we know that his writings in Ecclesiastes is under the sun. It's mentioned somewhere, I 
somewhere I think about 30 times or they're about. Don't hold me to that one. But uh, different things are spoken about him. But we know Ecclesiastes, it, it talks about life and the circle of life and, and the cycle of life. In fact, the fifth chapter, that's where we get the, the, the instructions where he tells us, naked you came out, naked you're going to return. So everything that you acquire and everything that you experience underneath the sun, amen, it's in vanity. It's no good. And, and real, the, really the message is, uh, if you really begin to dig into it and you look at the 12th chapter and the last verses of the duty of man, that's to love God and keep his commandments. Amen. And that's just want to serve him. So, you know, a life, it's filled with whatever it might be filled with. Amen. If it has the absence of God, it's going to be in vanity. It's no reason to live it. There's no real purpose in living it. So the responsibility of you and I as pastors and saints of God and his parents, amen, is to put something inside of their little hearts at a very early age that this is a life that you want to live. This is a one, amen, because Ecclesiastes in 12 and 1 says, in your youth, remember your creator. Amen. Your creator, the one that will move upon your behalf and help you along life's journey. A lot of times, those that's written on those cards, amen, money plays a big influence on it. You hardly ever see any of them says, I just want to be a janitor. You don't hardly ever see any of them says, I want to be the best and the poorest ditch digger in the world. But most every one of them, amen, associated or tied to finances. And so a lot of times, even in the dream of America, the dream of America, amen, is become independent. Is to come to a place that you're self-sufficient. Amen. That you really don't have to depend on the government or anybody else. You come up with the right job, made enough money, amen, that you're self-sufficient. But yet, when you and I know by the scriptures themselves, and even if you study the out the 12 chapters of Ecclesiastes, amen, even in his encouraging us in these chapters. You'll see that a man attaining and enjoying all of that. Because this man, a man, everything that his eyes desired, everything that his heart, a man could find pleasure in, everything that money could buy, this man experienced it. Nobody's ever experienced what Solomon experienced. Nobody's ever walked in the footsteps of Solomon, especially under the sun and in the likeness of this world, and fulfilling the lust of his eyes, and fulfilling the lust of his heart. Amen. Anybody, amen, if he gave himself and sold himself out, amen, to do experience and, and be involved into those things. But yet we come along and Jesus Christ comes along and says, if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul, what has he gained? So you and I have the responsibility tonight to impart into our children's hearts and their spirits and their minds, amen, what you're going to do. What you're going to give yourself to. What do you desire to be? How often do we lay hands on them and pray, God, what you're called upon their lives? God, whatever that call is, if you'll help me, I'll do what I can to see them molded and shaped into that, what you desire them to be. I'm trying to get away from the parents, but it's a little hard to do that. Amen, because the next generation, and you know what? In prayer today, this could be the generation that sees the coming of the Lord. This could be the generation that's going to face some things, and I'm not out of here yet, and neither are you, but 
but we, we know by the, the turn that this country and world's made in the last 20 years, we don't really know if he can handle another 20. And as we look at these babies and what they're going to be exposed to and subject to and given to and the powers of the workings of iniquity, I'd love to tell you that it hadn't had its effect upon the church, but we all know better. Amen. We all know better. Man, even among us, there are some divisions and different opinions and ideas of what's really godly and what's really holy. And I'm getting to that, that verse. And I've only got a couple of verses before I get to that, that verse, that 11th verse. Amen. That I'm looking forward to preach and study out into greater depthness. And that's the grace of God. The grace of God has been given to you and I, a man, to lead and guide us unto godliness. Not as a license to sin. Not for a license to use excuses of all of our failures and shortcomings. Now, I thank God for that grace. But I'm telling you, the grace of God is in the business of leading us to godliness and wholesome and righteousness. I'm more interested in going in that direction, amen, instead of looking at, at what, how much of the world that I can get involved in, how much entertainment activities can I go to in the world, or allow my children to become a part of. Because if, if you didn't do it, amen, but you allow your children, you're backing up. You're backing up. You're planting some seed, you're putting some things in them, because then what your grandbabies are going to do. Amen. If you, you find it, we're going to watch it. I'd go through this tonight. Amen. Especially dealing with our youth and fellowship. Amen. And who we allow ourselves to fellowship with. I'm telling you, it's going to mean something. You can't fellowship with everybody. You can be friend and love people. But I'm telling you, when it comes to living for God and going places and getting involved, amen, you've got to cut some ties with some. You've got to separate and separate yourself from some. The influence and the effect of hell upon us. You can't afford to run with them. You can't afford to be associated with them. You can't afford to get in the same automobile with them. I've sat in more than one courtroom and listened to those judges tell those, hey man, that have been found guilty of drugs or other, other things of that nature. They look across that, uh, that podium and look at them and tell them, don't you get in an automobile with them. You cut ties with those friends. You lose their phone numbers. You don't give them your phone number. You don't have no ties and no relationships with them because they knew as soon as you get in that automobile if not the first trip, the second trip you're going to find yourself back in the same place you're going to find yourself associated in the right and the same spirit and the lust and the powers thereof and the Bible says not to make provision for the flesh so that he that knoweth to do good and do it tonight to him it's sin I tell you we just don't blunder into sin we just don't blunder not when we know better not when we've been taught different not when we've been instructed different you don't keep walking in the same old blunders and the same old darkness and the same old powers. No, so that's what we got to pass on to our children. We got to pass a baton to them. Amen. That's spotless. That's clean. That's anointed. That's got the power of God with it. The love of God in it. Amen. It'll saturate their hearts. Amen. So as you look at this and it talks about the, the young man, it talks about, and I, I've tied this together with young people. It's not just a young men here, but to young people. A man themselves and to have a passion, have a desire to want to live for God and want to serve God all the days of their lives. And so I'm going to try to speed up a little bit here and go, you know, get beyond some things here as, as the Lord to help us here tonight. 
Amen. You know, one of the areas, and Ford kind of mentioned some of this, but uh, submitting. Amen. And I'm just going to briefly touch it, but Peter himself in 1 Peter 5 and 5 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. Amen. It's still biblically right and God's blessings. Young people, young children, amen, to respect your elders. Still say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. I don't care how old, foggy they may think that sounds, how square-headed that may sound. And that's just, just the beginning of it. Amen. But I'm telling you, if you don't work on that, there will be an avenue, amen, for the demonical forces and the powers of evil to slip in and get a hold of your heart, a hold of your mind, and a hold of your spirit. Because if you don't have respect for elders, you really don't have respect for yourself. And if you can't get elders in your life that you really were willing to submit yourself and get a desire and a passion, you know what? I want to do what they're telling me. I want to follow through with their instructions. I want to follow through with their guidelines. Amen. And it's not just a show. It's not just in their presence. It's not just when I'm with my youth group at the church. It's not just when I'm around the pastor or around mom and dad. Amen. I want to keep these commandments and statutes when I'm all by myself. When I'm walking up and down the school aisles. When I got other buddies. Amen. And they try to persuade me. Oh, no. Amen. And you say, well, your pastor. No, it's a God thing. It's a word of God thing. It's a counter. It's a personal conviction. I'm not going to talk that way. I'm not going to allow that spirit. I'm telling you there's a spirit of rebellion. It's been passed down from family to family. And somebody's got to rise up and say, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to be a generation. Amen. I'm not going to give myself to that stiff neck and rebellious attitude and spirit. I'm not going to sit in the house of God with my arms folded up. And it don't matter if I pray or not. I beg the difference for you. And your actions, mamas and daddies, makes all the difference in the world. You set the pattern for a child. I can't preach it out of them. God can't pull it out of them. If you keep putting it in them, I'll tell you nothing else can get it out of them. We can't afford to live for God with laziness and half-heartedness. We can't wait and just feel, you know, put on this when we get here. No, it's got to be wherever we at and whatever we're doing. We're going to live for God. And so we want to put this into our children's heart. We want to put it into our youth's heart. Amen. That regardless of where they're at, they're remembering their creator, God himself. The one that doesn't miss a thing. The one that sees it all. Amen. I was going to preach Wednesday night about the sparrow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He doesn't miss not one sparrow. Amen. As, as many as there might be of them. And they, they're, they come a dime a dozen, you could say. But you know what? Not one of them falls without his nose. He knows exactly where you're at tonight. He knows exactly where you're going to go tomorrow. He knows the footsteps that you're going to take. He knows whether or not, young people, if you're putting it into your heart, and you're going to put it into your mind, and you're going to put it into your spirit. Hallelujah. That I'm going to love God. And I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to live for the maker of my soul. And the maker of my heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. God, can I just be a little honest here tonight? Can it help us out just a little bit here tonight? Amen. It's when Brother Michael came up to prayer tonight. I thought, God, you brought him into this place. And I'm just going to say it. I'm getting in trouble. I just don't get in trouble. But God brought him into place and put him into a family. He won't have to ever worry about sleeping under a bridge again. He won't ever have to worry about holding a cart. Amen. Begging for money or begging for food. Amen. Because God brought him out and put him into a family. Now, is the enemy going to know? The enemy's going to bombard and 
he's going to fight. But he's got parents and he's got a church. He's got a bubba. A folks here believing, you know what? God's going to bring him out and bring him out of that miry clay. And God didn't bring him out, amen, for him to wander back into it. God brought him out, amen, to do a work in his life and a work in his soul. And it's not just him. There's other babies in this house. I'm telling you, I don't want my children to walk down some of the roads I walk down. I will do whatever I can, amen, to prevent them going there. Whatever sacrifices I got to make, whatever prayer and fasting, whatever I got to do to keep godliness and holiness in my family and better into their hearts and souls and minds. So as we watch what, and I'm just going to hit a couple. First John 2.13. <laughs> watch what he wrote. He talks about, I write unto, but here's the one I want to go to. I write unto you young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. They had already done it at a young age. Your baby can build a, uh, build a prayer life if you'll help them. Your babies will understand the power of an altar in their home if you'll practice one. I'm going to help you now. You can sit down home and do what you want to. The problem with the United States of America is because we're doing everything we can to take God out. But it's on our money in God we trust. But too many people is not, don't really trust in God. They trust in money and what money can buy them. And they'd rather indulge into that. If we're not careful, we'll raise our babies the same way. Hallelujah. When really all that really matters at whatever it costs us for the buyer to bring up the house of God, that's what we ought to do. Hallelujah. In fact, we ought to get upset when we have to work on Wednesday nights. Instead of coming, amen, to bring our children to the house of God and bring our family to the house of God. It ought to be a man in a man in a way and let everybody know, hey, I'm not going to do that. I know I've told this, but it came to mind, so I'm going to tell it. I remember when I was working at the shipyard. We was working down at the aluminum fab shop. We was having problems. They, was, they wanted you to you know, project what you was going to do and how many hours it's going to take and what percentage you'd be on the job. And, and, and this would take several hours to do all of this and the budget meeting. And, and so anyway, it went on there and finally the superintendent called us into his office and got us all in there. And hey man, I won't never forget. I don't know how it arranged, but it managed to arrange for me to stand right directly in front of the superintendent. I mean, I mean, it couldn't have been no more. I mean, we were just eyeball to eyeball and we wasn't. He wasn't about like, about like that. His desk, and I was standing here, small office, about eight, eight or nine supervisors and foremans is in there. And he began to ask them about these things and how we can solve it. He says, well, I, I, I believe, amen, if we'll start staying over on Wednesday evenings, amen, for four or five hours and get it all set up because it had to be turned in first thing Thursday morning, amen. And I let them have all their say and do everything. I was holding that white hat in my hands. I just stepped there and laid it on the desk. And I said, Mr. Superintendent, I said, I'm not staying over on Wednesday nights. I come in early on Thursday mornings. I do whatever I got to do. But if I got to stay over on Wednesday nights, I don't want the hat. 
I wasn't ugly. I wasn't a smart aleck. There was one of the gentlemen on to my left over here began to try to say something. And I told him, I've said what I've said now. Amen. I'm done. Amen. He dismissed the meeting. Didn't nothing else was said. I didn't hear anything else about doing that on Wednesday evenings. I don't know what, how the superintendent felt about it. I don't know how he worked it all out. But none of us starved to death. We still got the ship built. We got everything accomplished. I'm telling you, there's just some things you just got to draw the line. And young people, you got to draw the line in your own heart and in your own mind and in your own spirit. Even if mom and daddy don't want to do it, you got to make up in your own mind. You got to make it up in your own spirit as a young person began amen I'm going to seek after my creator I'm going to seek after the one that loves me I'm going to seek after the one amen that's going to direct my footsteps I'm going to hunger and thirst after his will and his voice hey I'm telling you you can find, you can know the voice of God at this age you can know the direction of God at this age it's not the will of God for men and women to be in their 50s and 60s and don't know what the will of God is in their lives will of God, amen. Just, now that might be different if you didn't get the Holy Ghost to use 50. <laughs> you didn't know anything about truth. But if you're raised in this, you've been associated with it. If you're familiar with this, <laughs> you got an idea. You, you, got a, you got a pattern set there. Amen. To, to know what direction to take. What, what, how to go about it. And this is what we want to get into. Our young people, you know what? I, I want them to go to youth camps. I want them to go to every conference, every youth rally. But I'm going to tell you something. A church that depends on that to train and raise up, and that's the only experience that your youth's got, that's the reason a bunch of nimics. That's the reason they don't have the power and the ability to run the race and to fight the fight. I'm not trying to be ugly. But I'm telling you, they've got to have the experience at their home church. I'm telling you, this country used to, used to survive off of mama's cooking because nobody else was going to do the cooking. We'd have never become the nation we are if it hadn't been for some mamas, amen, that got up at 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning and fixed a breakfast and, and done this and done that and come back with a dinner and a supper. Amen. We'd have starved to death. Amen. If you took this generation and pushed them back about 50 years, we'd starve to death in about three days. We wouldn't have a Burger King. We wouldn't have a McDonald's. We wouldn't have a Walmart. We would have a microwave hallelujah but you know what that's the way they want to do the church but the church is unchanged because we're serving an unchanging God God's got a basic and God's got a way but if we don't do it the way God wants us to do it I'm telling you our youth will be on fire our youth will love God and love the way of God you won't have to worry about cutting your hair you won't have to worry about keeping the makeup off of them you won't have to worry about keeping off the ball fields power of God gets to move in this house I've done seen it too many times Power of God gets to move in this house. You watch even these little babies like this one. Man, they begin to worship. <laughs> Why some of the rest of us are sitting around here. They know their creator when he shows up. They may not can express to him, and they may not understand all of it, brother. But I'm telling you, they won't just sit there. There's something begins to move inside of them. And they begin to put them little hands together. And they begin to jump up and down a little bit. Hallelujah. If you don't believe that, look right down that aisle right there. If you don't believe that, look right down that aisle right there. If you don't believe that, I'll tell you, you can train them up. You can train them up, amen. Come on, let's love God. Let's worship God. Let's magnify the king. You know why America's in the mess? Because there's too many boring churches. 
You don't want to worship. I'm just going to say it. You ought to go to the Methodist church. truth, buddy. You better not do this too many times. Mama reach around that and get you by the ear and say, be still, boy. <laughs> Maybe you didn't get to sit over yonder somewhere. You didn't get to, and thank God it didn't last long. Just being honest. Good 45 minutes, we's out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Because you can't stand boresome, but it's so long. But I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost gets in this house, the power of God begins to move in this house, you won't worry about a Wednesday night. You won't worry about 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Hallelujah. They won't worry about it either. Because when you fall in love with this God and fall in love with worshiping Him, you'll know He'll take care of everything. He'll take care of your tests. He'll take care of your hard problems. He'll take care of everything. He's not a part-time God. He's not a half God. Man, when He took you all, He took you all for the good and the bad, baby. Kind of like marriage when you make them vows in health, amen, in sickness. Hallelujah, but I'm going to hang on. God's in this for the long haul. And he doesn't mind starting at a very early age. Let me ask you something. I wonder how old Joseph was. You only read of him a couple of times. Until all of a sudden you read of him and he's 17 years of age. And it's at his birth that Jacob tells, tells Laban, hey, I think it's time to go home. I think, I think I need to go back to my home now. At the birth of Joseph. <laughs> but at 17 years of age, the Bible says, he sends him out to check on the brothers. And from that episode, amen. It's really, I'm not sure. He might have been 18 by that time, but it says 17. Amen. When it starts about the dreams and talks about what God's going to do. But then in the very next chapter or so, he begins and he sends him out. So we know he's a good possibility. He's just a teenager. That God's call is upon him. And God's already given him dreams and direction of what's going to unfold and what's going to happen. Teenagers, how many teenagers I got in the house tonight? All teenagers stand. Praise God. Look at here. And I know most of the Smith boys are teenagers. And that's right. If I was going to tell them Smith boys, you can be seated. Thank you. Amen. And I'm stepping again in some places. Hallelujah. But I was going to tell them Smith boys. Hallelujah. You can change the reputation of that name. Hallelujah. There's some of that name right there because of things that happened. I'm talking about just uh, not just too far down this road and up this road. Amen. They put a, uh, put a blemish on that name called Smith. Hallelujah. But you know what? Because they're being raised in the house of God. And by the power of God. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, amen. You know them Smith boys? Yeah. I know them, man. That's some good boys. There ain't it. Hallelujah. These Ferguson boys didn't become good old boys just because somebody didn't pay no time with them and be an example to them. Amen. And stay with a plow, honey. Hallelujah. Some Somebody stayed with it. And so you know what? You and I got to do the same things. Our babies is not for sale. You ought, to, you ought to get it made up in your mind, heart, and spirit. I bought this truth. And not just me, but my family bought it. Right. 
So notice what John wrote there. He he said, I've wrote unto the young man because you've overcome. You've already done it. You've overcome the wicked one. Don't listen to that world out there. You can live holy. You can live godly. You can live a called out life. Amen. Jaden, don't you listen to everybody else, buddy. You can live this thing. You can walk in this thing. God will open doors that nobody else can open. And God can close doors that nobody can close. You don't have a better maker, a better creator. He's your heavenly father. The other may not show up, but this will always be there. There won't be a time he won't show up. I'll tell you, the devil lied to you and the world will lie to you. But God won't never fail you. You've got to put that in your heart, your mind, and your spirit. You give yourselves to God, honey. I'll tell you, God, God will make it. God will work it out. You may not have all the money in the world. You may not have that, but you can have God. If you've got God, you've got everything you need. God, just make sure you just put it in your own heart, mind, and spirit. I'm going to live for God. And it's not a show. Everybody ain't got to pat me on the back all the time. I ain't got to have these whistles blowing. I ain't got to have somebody calling me all the time and texting me all the time. I ain't got to go to a pep rally every Friday night. Come on now. Hallelujah. I got my own pep rally. I get in that prayer closet and me and God gets it on. It's amazing what he does in my heart. It's amazing what he does in my spirit. It's amazing what he'll do in my life. When you go to Ecclesiastes 9 and 4. There he's writing, and I'm just going to take this portion of that scripture. Amen. He says, for to him that is joined to all the living, there's hope. I'm glad to be among the living tonight. This is where, amen, it talks about that it's better to be a living dog than a dead lion. This same author, if you go to Proverbs 30 and 30, he talks about the strength of the lion. But here he's telling us it's better off, amen, to be a living dog than a dead lion. Why? Because in living, everyone that's living, and while man lives, even upon this world and in this world today, everybody's looking for hopes. Amen. To do what? To better themselves, to be victorious and overcomers, and do what God wants them to do. And let me tell you something tonight. The most precious thing that you and I and what these young people can get a hold of is eternal life. It's more important than all the money in the world. It's more important than all the influence in the world. This world began to turn and fashion itself making heroes out of out of taking you know home queens and, and football games and, and basketball games we began to elevate them in fact we shifted to the point to the place that we would compromise we would lower grades but we want certain guys to stay on the field we would we would lie and we would we would rearrange their, their grades amen and making them a total failure in life amen at our own pleasure and for our own glory and for the glorifying of our own school 
because we want to be rated high on the football ranks. We want to be rated high in the colleges. Except at the price of our babies, at the price of their lives. I'm telling you time after time, NFL will prove it to you. Amen. They sent kids through the college. They had to get tutors and others. Amen. To get them through the grades. They knew how to throw a football, but they couldn't write, read, or spell or anything else. And they sold themselves out. And most of them wound up as alcoholics and druggies and a lot of other things because they couldn't handle it. Talk to the parents a little bit again. That's the reason sometimes you've got to let them babies go through the hard knocks. That's the reason you don't compromise with them. <laughs> I know you had it rough, baby. I know it's been tough and it's tough right now. But we're going to hang on. We're going to keep doing what's right. I know we're living in a world of entertainment. Tell me we don't. Some to preoccupy us and something to. Let me ask you something. How many of you know what we used to mention television? What, what, what would we say? What were they? What would we tell the parents? They're that baby's babysitter. Can I say this without anybody being offended? If we're not careful. We're doing the same thing. Just to keep them tied up and quiet and so I can. And I understand that. Don't take me wrong because now we got moms and dads both working. It's hard for everybody to work. Attend to the youngins. Come home, cook meals. And pray. Read your Bible. Come on, let's, let's just face the facts. Uh, can I just be honest with us? I know good well within myself. The race that some of you are running, there is no way you can pray. Oh, you might be, but it ain't much to it. Because you can't run from death man to Bathsheba six days a week. And spend any quality time in prayer. You don't have a super flesh and beard life. That's the reason I'm telling you that. And there's nothing more aggravating than getting that Bible at the end of the day. <laughs> at nighttime, you get in the bed. Got it on the nightstand. You expect to get a lot out of it. <laughs> when we positioned ourselves. Amen. They don't make provision for the flesh. I'm taking that a little out of context. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then we wonder when we get it. We get to that first verse. And about the second one. And, and then. Uh, I know I'm there. I know all about it. I found out the best thing to do a lot of times if it's possible. Get up and take a little nap and come back and try it again. I'd rather give God 30 minutes of good quality prayer than an hour of slumbering and slobbering over. Some somewhere else. All the time, some of you ever pray, amen, is when you're driving down the road. And when you're going here and you're going there. 
I'm not being ugly. I'm just telling you. Because if there's genuine, real, sincere prayer, you can't keep God out of this place, but you'll drive the devil out. You can't keep the glory out of this place and the power to heal us, the power to mend us, and the power to fight on our behalf. And when we pass that on to these babies, hallelujah, we put it into their hearts and put it into their minds, amen, to know what it is, experience speaking in that heavenly language and feeling that glory cloud and the power of God and the love of the master. It do us good while they're in the womb. Just put your hands on them. Start praying over them. God, you gave me this baby. Huh. Or maybe you just got them. It don't make any difference. God put them in your hands. Because he wanted to put them in somebody's hands that knows how to pray. That knows how to talk to God. Amen. And how to respond to situations and circumstances. Amen. And how to deal with this world. Amen. It's still, can I say something else? Oh, Lord, help me here tonight. I said I wasn't going to preach to the parents. Hallelujah, but your kids are not big enough to get in the medicine cabinet. Every time your little daughter's got a little pain, don't run to the medicine cabinet. Well, that didn't go over too good. I know we didn't have medicine back in our days. We didn't. Apparently, we didn't. We had bare aspirin and bare aspirins and bare aspirins. <laughs> That's all I can remember. And I guess surely they still sell them. Surely they're still on the shelves. <laughs> but what happened to them? Can I tell you what's happened to us today? You know why a lot of medication's not working? Because I don't care what kind of medication you've taken. You take enough of it, your, your body gets immune to it. That disease and affliction is attacking your body gets immune to it. And so you've got to find something stronger. That's like pain medicine. At one time, a half a pill would knock you out. Now you take half the bottle. Uh, are you hearing me? That's the same way spiritual. If you let one day get by, then the second day, first you news you know, it's Wednesday night, and you still haven't, since Sunday, you haven't prayed, you haven't took them babies aside, you haven't talked to them about God, you haven't mentioned to them, because they're on a busy schedule too, because the school's got them so loaded up, and that's got them loaded up, and it's got you loaded up. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? The enemy, amen, is trying his best to keep us so occupied and so busy, and doing this and doing that, and now we don't have to do all of that. We really don't. I've done got. <laughs> Let me get back. I want to get back with the children. I want to get back with the, the youth. So, as we begin to look at the youth and uh, their creator and hope of living and 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 things of this nature, uh, if you you go to uh, Proverbs one, we could talk there, and I'm just going to hit the, the very first verse. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the ways of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Young people, let me tell you something. You can't listen to everybody. You heard what Brother Ford said beginning of this. Uh, you can't listen to everybody and everybody's opinions and ideals. Did you know that God would talk to you? Did you know God would give you a personal conviction? Did you know God would give you a personal encounter? Did you know He'll visit you on a personal basis? 
and put a personal conviction in your heart that you won't struggle with it. You won't debate about it. You won't fuss about it. You won't be ashamed of it. You won't worry about what Mary's saying. You won't worry about what Jax is saying. I got a personal conviction and encounter with God for myself. Amen. And I know what God wants me to do. And I know the direction he wants me to take. And he wants to know the orders he wants me to put in my footsteps. And so I'm doing this for God, not for man, not for peer pressure. Hey, look, I'm not following along with the crowd. Hey, when's the last time did you read in your Bible what direction was the crowd going in? Where'd the Broadway lead to? You make it up in your mind as young people and young children. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve this king. I want to be what God wants me to be. You girls, you just hang on. God's got you. He knows where he's at. He already knows tonight. He'll move it. He'll work it. I don't care where he has to bring them from. Hallelujah. Amen. God's working. He's in the business of what God puts together. Amen. No man can put asunder. Let's let God start putting some things. Let's let God start putting some things together. Let's let God work it out. Now let me let me say this. He don't need all of you much matchmakers either. You want me to help put them together? Let's put them the way God wants us to put them together. Let's put them the way the word of God wants them. You want them to finish the race? Hallelujah. Do you want to be in a divorce court? Do you want to be a man in the valleys of the valleys of fighting all that? The best thing, amen, is pre-maintenance. The best thing, ain't to sell out. And even that, you got to fight for it because the devil's against it. The world's against it. Everybody else just walked down. It's against it. So you got to make up in your own mind, I'm going to survive. Man, I ain't planning on none of this. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lamentations 3 and 27. I got, well, I've got a few minutes here. I'm not going to let you two minutes. I want you to look at this. Have y'all got that? Lamentations 3. Well, this scripture here, it, it, it's, and I could be totally wrong, but that'll be me. We'll see. Lamentations 3 and 27. We know this is the writings of Jeremiah himself. He says, It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Start bearing that yoke. Start bearing that responsibility. Start purposing in your heart, your mind, your spirit. I'm going to build a fellowship with God. I'm going to build a relationship with him. I'm going to know him. I want to serve him. I want that to be put into their hearts and put into their minds and put into their spirit. Amen. I got to start working on my, my grandchildren again. And I, I get to work on two a lot, but the other three I don't get to see much. But you know what? Every day I'm praying. Every day I'm putting their names before the throne room of God. I'm praying God put a hook in their jaw. I'm praying God to give them a revelation of this one God message. Amen. An encounter of God. Amen. If he don't want to move out of there, well, we'll just convert the whole church. How about that? 
How you like that, devil? If you want to play games, we'll play games. We'll play fire with fire. Amen. If they want to come out, then we'll convert the whole church. And God, amen, get them on the right foundation. Fill them up with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They got a right to be saved too. They just got to get the knowledge right and their experience right and get full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith and full of the love of God. There's more than enough people right on this side of this river. Fill up this house and ten more just like it. Hallelujah. But you and I got to get it made up in our mind. I'm as a young person. I'm going to get yoked up with it. Jesus Christ himself said, my yoke is easy and my burden is a lot. Quit telling them babies it's hard. You can't expect them babies to want to yoke up with it. If you act like... Especially if you don't get a yoke on this. Anybody ever, you know what a yoke is? A yoke, most of the time, they either use wood or a piece of iron. And they hook it across, most of the time, oxen. Hang it down across their shoulders. And they take leather bands and band it to them. And they join together in plowing and accomplishing and achieving something. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. You know why? Just cause you who you're yoking up with. Amen. When there's times you don't feel like you can pull the yoke, don't worry. He's got it. You just don't give up. You just don't get out unyoked. You just don't separate yourself from him. Hallelujah. You just stay with it. In fact, Paul put it this way. Young person, when you're done, all you can do to stand, just stand. Just stand your ground. Stand what God's give you. Stand what God's blessed you with. Don't back up on it. Because if you'll stand the ground, God's got a whole field for you. And he's yoked up with you. And when he gets ready, amen, you can start plowing again and accomplishing, achieving and moving forward. It's not the will of God for you to back up. It's the will of God for you to move forward. So don't back up in sin. Don't back up, amen, in the world. Don't back up in iniquity. We got too many Pentecostals. Amen. It's backing up. We picking up elements we preached against 50 years ago. We filling our homes, amen, with entertainment that we used to preach them in hell. I'm talking about literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now watch the rest of this message. This. So when you really talk about yoking in his youth, that really means divine discipline. It means I'm going to submit, I'm going to yield, I'm going to discipline myself to this yoke. He setteth along and keepeth silence. Because he hath borne it upon him. Here he's talking about a man uncomplaining. Keepeth silence. A man in what? Because he God has laid it upon him. He putteth his mouth in the dust. If so be there may be hope. You know what I believe that Jeremiah was saying here? Even in this right here. And here's why I say that. Watch this next verse. I bet you'll connect the dot. He giveth his cheek to him that smiteth him. Who did God robe himself in dust in? What dust did God start speaking out of? I believe we called him a lamb. I believe we sung about him tonight. 
Amen. One God, one baptism, one name. And Jesus is the name. Amen. This is the dust. Amen. That God robed himself. He putteth his mouth in the dust. Amen. Called Jesus Christ. An earthen vessel if you please. Amen. The very one. Amen. That was willing. Hallelujah. Giveth his cheek to them that smiteth him. He is filled full with reproach. For the Lord will not cast off forever. Amen. But though he cause grief. Yet will he, will he have compassion. According to the multitudes of his mercy. Now watch these next three verses. For he doeth not afflict the willingly. Nor grieve the children of men. To crush under his feet. All the prisoners of the earth. To turn aside the right of a man. Before the face of the most high. If you'll just stay yoked up with him. If you'll just stay committed with him. If you'll just stay in the battle. I'm not telling you it's easy. Temptations are going to come. Trials are going to come. Persecution's going to come. But there's a price to be paid. We're living in a world that wants a lot of liberty and a lot of freedom without any price being made. But I'm telling you the church has always had to pay a price. And the church will always have to pay a price. If you're going to have revival, if you're going to have victory, you've got to pay a price and you've got to be willing to yoke up and get yoked up to your own personal cross and be willing to bear it in this end time and to finish and run this race that might be pleasing to God. This is what we got to impart into our children and into our young people. No, you're not going to get to go. You don't get to go in the ball fields. You don't get to go to the worldly parties. But we got one here. I didn't say you couldn't get drunk. I didn't say you couldn't get high. That's one of the biggest mistakes that's been made right here in this nation. Because of so many churches and called Christians. They don't know anything about a move of God. They don't know anything about the joy of the Lord. Worshiping God. No one here like you and I have been able to worship here tonight. God. <laughs> you got to help put it in them. They're not going to do it all by themselves. It's against their nature. I watched it. I experienced with these two right here. Talking about the Holy Ghost and praying for them. They get hurt. No, come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let me pray for them. There's a wall that's got to be tore down. Nobody likes to be put on the spot. <laughs> but if we can ever persuade them that God will hear your prayers. God will work for you. God will see some pain in that. You may not can tell mom and daddy and everybody else, but you can tell God. You can build a personal relationship with him that knows all the ups and downs. Because he can speak into your spirit and into your heart. He can take some things out that the world's constantly trying to put in. And flaming those coals and breathing on them, hoping they would burn in them. This man right here told me that Chevron looks for people. 
It's been in ball teams. They want, it's been governed and been in, in operation of teamwork and things of this nature. But now I have a different opinion of Chevron. I wouldn't recommend you to work for Chevron. Well, that went over good. I'm telling you, there's a spirit with that company right there. If you don't have the Holy Ghost and living right, you won't survive. They'll put something inside of you. A man is called the pride of the world, the pride of this way. I'm telling you, it'll rob you. There's very few, very, very few. And they become an even fewer, amen, as they keep, as they keep angling toward, amen, all of this homosexual and, and flying the flags and pushing them, amen, in that direction. And Ingalls is falling right in behind them. It's a spiritual thing, folks. I just wonder what would happen if everybody that was straight, well, it's amazing, you know, we're straight, but what does that make them? And the Bible called us to put us on what? Straight way. Man, it makes all the sense. Well, it, don't take a, it don't take a college professional to figure this mess out. Straight. I just wonder if everybody was straight said, all right, we ain't going to spend one more red cent with any of y'all. We'll shut y'all down. They can't tell me there's more of them than they are of us. Spiritual warfare. It's the prince of the air. It's a god of this world that's blinding them. It's all about money. But God's got a way of pulling it out. But now we got the responsibility, amen, to keep it out of their hearts and keep it out of their minds, keep it out of their spirit. You're going to see the day in the schools, but are they going to shut it down? Are they going to shut the schools off? Their finances. And again, God help the American people. Say, you know what? If y'all shut, don't give them the money, we're going to quit paying taxes. And if enough of us, amen, said, we're not letting you take our taxes. Go to those companies and say, don't take no more out. In fact, I'll start claiming 50 kids and, and half a dozen dogs and whatever else. Amen. You won't be able to take my $5 instead of 50. <laughs> they can't survive a year like that. They can't survive hardly from one month. They can't hardly get from one month to the other without having special elections, a special this, a special that, to keep this thing floating. I'm glad I got something more than money that's floating us. We got the love of Christ and the love of God that can reach into their hearts and reach into their minds and reach into their spirit. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. I love it when these kids and they get, they come up and say, hey, especially we have a visiting preacher. We're going to have Sunday school this morning. We're going to have Sunday school. Especially we get about two or three weeks in a row. They'll start meeting me out there. <laughs> They'll start hitting me up at the house. We're going to go to Sunday school this Sunday. <laughs> I want them to come. I want them to enjoy Sunday school. I want them to enjoy church. I want them to enjoy coming here. Amen. I don't want them to be bored to death. I want to come, amen, with the love of God, the move of God, the move of the Holy Ghost. It might be Wednesday night. But I'm telling you, on a Wednesday night, I want them to get ready to come. I want to come and be in the house of God. I want to come and lift up my hands. Hallelujah. You know what? If you, if you would just, just really begin to fan this, there's really no telling what would happen. Amen. If we really begin to fan it and encourage them, saying this is the best life there is to live. I know my time's up. I hadn't looked up there, but. Praise God. Well, I'm not going to look. Yeah. <laughs> he said it's getting close. Praise God.
have mercy. Psalmist put it this way, young people. Oh, let, me, let me put this in here tonight. Psalmist 90 and 12 says, to, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Somehow we got to get it across to them to want to to want to know the word of God, to want to learn it. There's a lot of power in those Sunday school lessons. They can influence them forever. When they start putting it together. Matthew 11 and 29 and 30 talked about this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. My yoke is easy. My burdens is light. You can stand. I'm, 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 I'm just about through here. Paul's writings to Timothy, and I've covered this in the past, but but in 2 Timothy 3 and 15, he says that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. This is the task that you and I've got. Get it into their hearts. Get it into their spirit. Get it into their minds. The scriptures. The plan of salvation. God instructed the Israelites back in Deuteronomy to put it on the doorpost and lentils. Every time they go in or come out. Put it on the arms and the foreheads. Talk about it when you sit around at the table. When you lay them down at night. Talk about God. Talk about the word of God. Train them. Instruct them. Help them. Help them to be used of God. We need to paint a picture to them as often as we can. Amen. Living for God is the best thing you can do. I wonder what some of them teachers would think if, if, if some of ours and they got there, amen, they held that card up and said, I want to be a saint. And that's not a New Orleans saint either. But I guarantee you 90% of them would think that before they think saint of God. I wonder what they think if they said, I want to be a prophet. See, preacher's pretty easy, that not that, that, you know, they accept that, that. They wouldn't expect. And you know where all that comes from? It's how you train them. It's what you put in them. If you and I sit back and let the world train them, they won't have no desires to live for God. They'll have 
desires to do everything else except live for God. So it's up to you. Government's not going to do it. They've done their best to separate us from it already. So it's going to be up to you and I as the church and as God's people to put this in them. Why don't all of us just come? And I know it's 846, but why don't we all just come up here? Amen. How many of you remember the song we've been singing? God unfolds the rose. These are precious little roses that God's placed under our hands. Give us the time with them. Nobody really knows. If you go back and read all of Ecclesiastes, it's the ninth chapter and some of those others. The writer talks about that. He talks about time and life and the uncertainty of it, both for the righteous and for the wicked. Uh, how it's going to play out and how God's going to allow it to unfold and it's in the hand of God. When we really get down to it, we've got to put them in God's hand. God with them. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what we're going to what we're going to face. We don't even know what these babies are going to face ten years down the road. But I'll tell you what we can do. We can start praying, asking God to help us put some things in them that when that moment comes, they'll know what direction to take and how to respond to it. say this and you can't depend on youth camps once a year to get the job done that once a year going and getting a a, a jubilee high and an emotional high that last two or three weeks when you get home and you you can blame the church you can blame the pastor you can blame whoever you want to but the bottom line you gotta get back in that place I'm gonna live for God serve God now some of that's not going over too good (laughs) but it's still true you and I've got to make up on our minds even when we're all by ourselves or when we feel like we're by ourselves that we we, we we can win this race we can be victorious even in the wicked world and the deceiving world that we're living in tonight. God help us. Someone want you to just join with me. We're just going to ask God to help us, to anoint us, to direct us as a family, as a whole, and all the children, helping one another, raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Hey, your conduct, your attitudes here at the house or here at the uh, elder store in the bin, wherever, it's going to make a difference. Your faithfulness to hear. You're showing up back yonder in prayer. You can tell them all day, but if you don't do it, you're wasting your time telling them. They don't believe you. They don't believe that's essential. <laughs> you know, you could tell them to show up early for work, but if you was always late, that's all right. I'm, I'm plugging. That's all right. That's what I get paid to do. <laughs> I'm just trying to help us. There's some things that we can get, we can put in them. And there's some things that's in them that, you know what, you got to get it out of them. I told Taylor yesterday, I said, hey, 
Have you ever tried to tell any of those young'uns not to tell the truth? What do you got to tell them? You better not lie. Huh? Anybody ever raised a kid that always told the truth every time? You better not raise your hand because I'm going to probably call you up. <laughs> what Sister Brooke trying to claim it? <laughs> she knows that all. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's just in us. I mean, I mean, they ain't got to be this tall. You do that. Rosalie does it. <laughs> Go ask Rosalie. Annalyn does it. <laughs> I'm picking on them grandbabies tonight. They all right. <laughs> They'll get me at home. <laughs> but it's it's in us. So we have to take it out. We have to work at it. That's a reason when you're on the phone and you're doing something and you just told them, no, I ain't doing that, and you what? They heard you. Don't tell them where we've been. We're planting a seed. Don't, don't, don't let everybody. I'm just trying to help them today. I'm telling you. And then we wonder why they act like they act sometimes. And get caught up and pulled in. These babies are precious. But folks, we got to train them. We got to work on them. I'm going to tell you something. If our eyes could really be open to the spiritual world tonight, we'd all probably be shocked. What's going on in the air, airways across our lands. And it's bombarding them. I listened to one of those messages that Nathan sent last night, one of the last ones. Talked about this guy, talked about his pastor in the church. And I, I can't remember quite all of them. So he could, it was the pastor that happened to him. But anyway, he told about this pastor and said, it was, said the church was just bound. He said he couldn't, nothing happened. So we went to praying, went to seeking God and just stayed there and stayed there for a few hours. And finally, finally, God opened his eyes after several hours and said, and he did, he looked around. He said there was little bitty demons sitting all over the building. Had it healed up. He said he prayed in the name of Jesus. And just in a few moments, all those little demons left. So now they've not the door. He said, but he looked over and said in the windowsill, they're, they're propped up one, a big old demon, but he's propped up looking at him. He said he began to pray in Jesus' name. Said he didn't move. He didn't do anything. Said he prayed about 45 minutes and still hadn't moved. He prayed another 45 minutes. And said about that time he seemed to get more uncomfortable and didn't want to. And said he started out the door. And he said, and I made a statement. He said, I got you now. He said that demon turned around and walked, went right back up to that windowsill and propped back up. He said the Holy Ghost and God smote him. He said, there's only one. He said, you can't let pride and everything. I'm going to tell you something. This ain't about us, folks. It ain't about our own, our own ministry. It ain't about building ourselves up. It's about Jesus. 
But I'm telling you, we'd probably be shocked if our eyes is really open to what's, what's just lingering in this building tonight or right here. And you wonder why you have the struggles you've got. And you wonder why you've got the battles you've got. And why you, you wonder sometimes why your children act the way they're acting. And we'll tell you something. Technology's here. But let's don't use it for an excuse and let it be a doorway to feed our children and put things into their spirit and their hearts and their lives that we can't get out of them. Okay? So we want God to help us. We want the Holy Ghost to help us. Amen. We, we wanna, I want to win this thing. How about you? I want to finish the course. I want these babies to finish the course. I want them to be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It, it would tickle me to watch them just rolling this floor and flopping around here like a bunch of chickens and just speaking in tongues. Huh. It might do us some good to get down there and join them. Amen. But let's pray. Let's ask God. I don't mean to keep you so long. God, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We ask you, God, to help us here tonight. We want to raise up these children, God, in the nurture and the admonition of you. Of your glory, your call, your election. You help us as parents. You help us as a pastor. You help us as individuals. To every chance we get, God, we plant the good seed of the word of God into their hearts. We'd encourage them and lead them and be examples unto them, God. That would create a hunger. That would create a thirst inside their little hearts and their minds and their spirit. And our young people, God, in all that's here tonight. To want to live for you. To want to serve you. To want to give you all the days of their lives. They begin at an early and a young age age to seek after you, to hunger and thirst after your righteousness, to hunger and thirst after your, your presence and your anointing and your heartbeat into their lives. And God, they wouldn't be ashamed of the experiences that you pour out upon them and the call and the election that you put upon their lives. And you help us, God, as we give you the honor, as we give you the praise to guide us, to anoint us, to lead us in the fullness of where, in what you'd have us to be as your church that is called by your name. We want to be the Bethel in this community that you called us to be in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ we pray we love you tonight appreciate you tonight let's pray for one another please get this on your mind heart and spirit every day be concerned about those babies be concerned about your youth be concerned about this church folks we're in end time let's get ready let's let's run this thing with everything we've got love you appreciate you God bless you